Blog Talk Radio.
Well, good evening and welcome to another edition of Fighting Words on the Fighting Words News Network. Fighting Words is brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces and the men and women of the Peace and Fire Services and the men and women of the, of the medical profession. We're out there fighting for every day. We also want to dedicate uh, tonight's program to uh, the men and women uh, who are out there in the workforce and uh, working very hard to keep the economy going, but especially the people. 9-11 uh, is coming up. That is a history. Uh, we want to uh, dedicate this program to them and to their families. Uh, police, firemen, and auxiliary people died since On a very light note tonight, we want to dedicate this program also to the lovely and beautiful Miss Milani Arquette. <laughs> we get, uh, get some information on that, sir? Uh, yeah, my uh, granddaughter, uh, granddaughter Milani Paris Parquet, was born uh, was born Monday, 6:30 in the morning, and uh, I'm a proud new uh, grandfather of a of a little little girl. So there it is. She was seven big Nice. Well, the beautiful Miss Asia, we said congratulations, and uh, we were very happy for you. For the whole I thing. shall. Thank you much. Thank you so much. Yep. Congratulations. Uh, we want to, uh, yes, sir. Uh, Thank we you. want to uh, let everybody know that uh, last week uh, we weren't on uh, due to the fact that it was uh, our 55th uh, wedding anniversary, and uh, we uh, family out for dinner. And, uh, Congratulations. Yes, sir. The, the true factor on that is if you want to stay that fair, you have to be, she has to be OCD and you have to be uh, uh, deficit, uh, attention deficit. <laughs> you can figure out which one I am. <laughs> we, we got married. It was for better or worse. She got the better, I got the worse. I'm, I'm pretty She gets the worse, I get the better. <laughs> Yeah. OCD and ADD. <laughs> yes, it. <laughs> well, uh, Ty, let's uh, start out with uh, Alexander Pavetkin. Uh He plans to fight Dylan White coming uh, in the very near future. Do you have any idea on that one? Well, there was a rematch clause for that fight, and uh, it was mm-hmm. just a matter of, of, of whether uh, Dylan White was going to exercise it. And, you know, he's a gun. He's going to fight anybody. So it's pretty obvious he was going to exercise the rematch card. The only thing is he's looking to try to have that fight uh, in November. So Hearn would like to stage that fight in November. Uh, some people think it's a little soon uh, considering how tra- you know, traumatic the knockout was. But nonetheless, right now Hearn is looking to make that fight for December no later, uh, for November no later than December. So that is that is the case. And Pavet can obviously – uh, he's going to make more money for the rematch than he did for the initial fight. So, you know, it's, it's sure. another great opportunity for him. Mm-hmm. Z, you want to talk about their yeah. uh, styles? Uh, uh, yeah, well, um, it, it, it's interesting because this is a fight to where, I mean, all – it, 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 you kind of don't know what to make of it to a certain extent. I mean, you, it's easy to say, well, Dylan was looking good. He got caught by Povetkin. Um But it wasn't like Povetkin didn't do good stuff to even set that kind of shot up. 
So, I mean, and as I said before, Pavekin is the cleaner of the two. He's, he's a more experienced, I mean, just as far as boxing terms, period. And he's the cleaner of the two. He's older, but when you're a heavyweight, I mean, age gets kind of relative to a certain extent. Uh, Pavekin, mm-hmm. he's still sharp enough to where he can get at Dylan White. Now, mm-hmm. uh, he, he has problems stopping Dylan White from getting to him. Here's what I do now. Pavekin, he, he's, he's a tougher guy. He takes a better shot than Dylan White. And mm-hmm. it's hard to say whether Dylan White is not going to get caught by that shot again. Because if Pavekin catches him with a good shot again, I, there's no doubt that I, I'm sure he can knock Dylan White out. Really do it again, he has to get in those positions. Um, and it's not like Dylan White can say, well, I made this mistake, that mistake, this mistake. He just got caught in the fight. He got caught by a good shot. So, I mean, you really can't game plan around when you didn't make technical mistakes like that, especially the way Dylan was fighting. So, I mean, as I say, this is kind of up to style-wise. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of up in the air. It, it, it's Pavekin has a working man, working puncher's chance. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's also fighting a guy who could punch too. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hey, uh, Bob, moving over to uh, to the UFC 256. Uh, I understand that uh, uh, Usman uh, has uh, has signed for that, as well as uh, uh, Masvidal. So can you enlighten us about that? Um, yeah, I didn't. I just barely saw that that um, that they had signed that, but um, yeah. So I don't have a whole lot on that. I was I was more prepared for tonight. Let's uh, see. All right. What I do know is uh, they they have signed Usman to go ahead and defend the title uh, against Gilbert Burns, who was supposed to fight him um, initially uh, when Masvidal took the fight on short notice. Right now, the UFC is basically looking to schedule uh, Jorge Masvidal, Nate Diaz, too, for the BMF title again. Um, so that's that's what's going on with, with those set of fighters right now. Yeah, that's what I saw on that, that, that we were really pumped for the, uh, the the second matchup for those two going after the BMF. And I, I think it's great that, you know, they get another opportunity. I'm just hoping uh, Nate doesn't get cut again, you know. Mm-hmm. Nate will. Nate, I mean, that's just Nate's skin. Yeah. Jorge is a guy who's, yeah, who's, who's going to end up getting the Nate skin. I mean, it's just. And I, I, mean, I don't know if you guys remember, but when, when, when uh, Nick Diaz was in strike force, he actually had surgery on his eyebrows to yeah. prevent him from cutting because he was cutting so frequently. Uh, it happened right after the KJ Nunes fight, right after he lost the KJ Nunes by a cut. Um, so I don't know, maybe maybe Nate needs to do the same thing. But Nate is, you know, it's funny because Diaz has been around for a while. You know, Nate's like 34 now. So, uh, you know, 34, 35. And, I, and again, I like Nate Diaz, but I think Jorge uh, Masvidal is a guy who, who just stylistically would always be Nate's foil. He just has a style that would always trouble a guy like Nate. Right, they're both so uh, just you know out of the norm. They don't even have good technique. You know, they're just scrappers for the most part. I mean, right. technique might not have to go over basketball, but they're just they're just like brawlers. You know, so it's, it's just phenomenal. I mean, and so versatile too. And that's the thing; these guys are extremely versatile to where that they're a threat anywhere to a certain extent. The only thing is, 
guys who are light-footed tend to give Diaz a bit of trouble. Tend to. Yep. Now, he can get at it, guys, but guys who are light-footed and really kind of game plan, those are the guys who will kill a plant leg. Because both actually, Nick and Nate, they, they kind of their thing is they will sacrifice their plant leg because they're so hard trying to get their strikes off. Um, they're, they're not, you know, I've seen Nate develop, you know, some pretty good low kicks, um, but, he, you know, these guys aren't kickers. They're not kickers. No, they're, it, they're either going to punch you or they're going to clinch you, you know, or submit you. But they're not going to. like you said, and I think, Zito, the, the very strong point you made is their plant legs. You know what I mean? That they, you know, like a, you know, a guy like Cerrone was kicking a plant leg, right? Everybody wants to kick the plant leg. Masvidal didn't kick the plant leg, but what you were saying is they have trouble with movers. Masvidal took advantage of the fact that Nate, Nick, but we're talking about Nate in this case, he has to plant before he throws. Masvidal can punch on the fly, and he was doing so. And that's why movers give Diaz trouble, the Diaz is trouble, because these guys, you know, they, they, they like to overwhelm you and win by attrition. And it's hard to win by attrition if your opponent doesn't stay right in front of you and can sting you when he steps out. That's that's what Masvidal was able to do. Good point about the plant legs, eh? Yeah, great point. That's all I look for anymore. I'm old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, you you're gonna come at me and you're gonna plant it and you're I know you're going hard. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it out like a bat. You know, I'm going right yeah. for that IT band. Yep, it did go right home. Simple as that. Supposed to. Yep. What What do you think about uh, Tony Ferguson versus uh, uh, Dustin Poirier? Fight hasn't been signed yet. Um, Poirier said he hasn't. It hasn't been signed yet. But that that I really want to hear what you think, Bob. I think that's a dynamic fight. If uh, If Tony Ferguson is, is is still at you know, the peak of his powers. He didn't look great against Justin Gaethje, but he was coming off like two weight cuts in three training camps in a row. Right. So he didn't look nice great. Fresh, you know, he, yeah. he's still a phenomenal fighter. You know what I mean? So exactly. he, he gets back into his, his groove, if you will. And does, I mean, that, that is two strong athletes right there. So that is, that, you know, <laughs> that, that, that will be phenomenal to watch. Um, the last time I've seen both guys, uh, I, I'm, it was they were in losses, uh, and they were to like I mean extremely wonderful opponents who were actually going to meet each other. Um, I think when maybe November September, uh, could October, be in, in yeah October. Okay, yeah. Um, but Poirier is that's a good. I think that's a good fight more for Ferguson at this point. Um, just just because Ferguson's going to be a tough opponent for anyone. So is Poirier. Oh, yeah. But Ferguson to, per Ferguson to me is, is he's just a little higher class at this moment. This fight's going to tell, but I just always sort of thought Ferguson slightly higher class than Poirier. So, I mean. I but, honestly thought Ferguson was, was truly, I, you know, I, I do think he truly was the boogeyman of the lightweight division. Um, and, and, again, when he fought, Justin Gaethje, who 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 fought a, a very brilliant tactical fight. That's the one thing about Absolutely. Gaethje. He's not giving people what they expected, and you know uses footwork and, and movement to to go ahead and 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 cause Tony trouble. And Tony's always been hittable. That's one thing about Tony. Yeah. But again, you know, no taking away no credit from Justin Gaethje. But going into that fight, 
you know, Tony had he, he had gone through like three three literally three in a row training camps because of the fights that got pulled out on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, he didn't remember he didn't he, he did a weight cut for a, for a fight that didn't get. Uh, I forget who was supposed to fight, and they got the pulled out, and, and he went and did the weight cut to prove a point anyway. Then he had to turn around like a month later to do the weight cut for this fight. So again, I don't think he, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think he gave himself the the most optimal chance to be in the best condition. I think if he does that, and he's still on top, you know, you know, Tony Ferguson is thirty five, thirty six now, right? If he does that, yeah. he's still fresh, and the Justin Gaethje uh, pummeling didn't take too much out of him. I favor him over over Dustin Poirier. At the same time, Dustin Poirier, uh, you know, he he rebounded from the Khabib loss with a fight against Dan Hooker, who I think stylistically was a pretty good fight for him going into a Tony Ferguson fight because Hooker's a guy who's long and range. He likes to, you know, bring a pace too. Um, And, and, you know, he survived that fight. I thought he looked a little bit better. but at the same time, I think these guys are meeting at a point where it's it, it's truly a 50-50 fight because of the yeah. question marks with Tony Ferguson coming off of the Gaethje loss and the fact that Poirier has looked, you know, in recent vintage, looked to be the better fighter, but we know that eyes can be deceiving, right? So it's a very interesting fight. I lean towards Tony, though, if it happens. Yeah, I want I want Tony to stay on top because you know, he is getting up older, you know, older thirty five and up there. It's like you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Robbie Lawler, Lawler against Neil Magny. You know, uh, Lawler's kind of getting up there, and we have a great yeah. fight decision. But you know, he's kind of like the the breaking point now of the guys coming up and the guys yeah. around the bottom. Yeah. Like he kind of dropped down to yeah. like I think fifteen or something like that. So yeah. kind of got to go. Yeah. Everyone's just going after a name, and if you go, and if, and if Ferguson can't pull this next one off, he's going to be that name, and I don't want to see that, you know, uh, because he is yeah. a phenomenal fighter, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I do give him that, uh, you know, just like you, you said, Ty. I mean, the edge. Um, now, Poirier's no joke. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. um, I, age, man, it really sneaks up on you. And with with uh, Ferguson doing all those weight cuts and stuff back to back, and all those mm-hmm. pullouts. I, that's what we're dealing with tonight with the UFC was a bunch of uh, COVID pullouts, you know. Um, yeah, but anyway, yeah. The, uh, uh, but, yeah, so I want to see Ferguson, you know, come out and, and, and get some good rest and then get a good training camp and only do one weight cut so he can come out and be who he's supposed to be. And then after that fight, yeah, exactly. we'll, get to see, we'll get to see if, he, you know, that age is getting to him. He's been there for a while, you know. Um, yeah, because, I mean, yeah, like tonight we've got um, – or, you know, a week ago was that Neil Magny and, and uh, Robbie Lawler, and Neil pulled that off, which is another Colorado guy. I always got a shout-out to that. But we lost almost two fights tonight due to COVID. I mean, people pulling out, and they have to have a backup for one of them. Um, you know, the the, the uh, headliner tonight's Overeem versus Sakai, and that's going to be amazing. That's, that just is knocking people out. Alex is doing for me. Um, Alistair then, yeah, is one of my. He's always been one of my favorite fighters. I just love Overeem. I love his 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 goofy aloofness. I just love Overeem. Um, and what I also love about Overeem and 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 Bob and, and Zito, you guys may disagree with me, but I've always felt that Overeem, you know, just from a skill standpoint, may may have been the most skilled heavyweight ever, specifically offensively. Literally, it comes down to. If the guy could take a shot, man, who would beat him? Who would beat him if he could take a shot? But damn it, he can't take a shot, so anybody could beat him at any time. 
man, he's getting split lips. I mean, he's get, he's taking oh. a punishment in there. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. his lip was barely hanging on not too long ago. You know, but uh, that'll be a good he, fight he was tonight. Winning for for won that fight for for two rounds and five four minutes and fifty eight seconds. It did got caught. I mean, yeah. Love the guy. He, he's had some uh, amazing knockouts. Like he was the first one. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. He was the first one to knock out that Hawaiian dude that uh, was never going down. Um, that was never been knocked out. You know. Um, gosh, I'm, I'm brain farting on his name. But anyway, so Overstein's got you know his, his definitely street cred. He's been up against the, some of the toughest. You know what I mean? So I take nothing from him. It'll be an exciting fight. Um, one of the fights got forty year old guy going into. Oh yeah, who got pulled? Um, it was, uh, let's see, it was, okay, so we lost two. So it was uh, Thiago Moses po- tested positive for Kona. So Jalen Turner uh, uh, mm-hmm. has no one to fight. So they pulled that off the card. Um, but then there was another one. Uh, Brian that was on Keller. the main card, too. Yeah, it was on the main card. So they, they're basically bumping somebody up. I thought it was going to be the girls because they're fighting right now. Um, Vivian Arula versus Montana De La Rosa. And uh, these right. girls look good. Um, but then there was another fight, um, Kevin uh, Natividad, uh versus Brian Keller. And Brian uh, Keller ended up with COVID, but they had a backup. Uh, uh-huh. So he'll be showing up tonight. He's never, he's never done a, a, a main card, but his name – And that, that, card, that card, that fight was supposed to kick off the main card, right? Yeah, that was going to be the, the, the first fight. I think they were uh, uh, flyweight or welterweight, yeah. So, then, so uh, both fights we lost, we lost off the main card. Off the main card, wow. we didn't lose both because they Jeez. had a, they had a backup. They had we, a backup. Oh yeah, but you lost one off the main yeah. card. Damn it! They definitely lost one, so they had to push one up. So it's only running on the eight fights tonight. Yep. Well, that kind of sucks. But or seven <laughs> fights, yeah. It's normally eight. It's down to seven fights tonight. Yeah. Still some fights I'm looking forward to, but that sucks. Right. Uh, New York just scored on the on the Flyers, guys. Just want to We're drop going. that into you. Yep. yep. Um, it, it, let me ask you. Uh, last week uh, there was a fight that uh, that was an uh, excellent fight. Ersalandi uh, Lara. I know you've always followed him, uh, uh, Ty. Um, what what what's your thoughts on that one? I, I mean, I love the guy's skill set, and you know, as he's gotten older, um, and his legs aren't quite what they used to used to be. He's developed a kind of catch and shoot style in the pocket too at times. Uh which has made him, you know, a little bit more hittable but also more entertaining. And it's kind of made him more punishment more punishing. Uh he cruised uh against the guy he was fighting last week. He was fighting a tune up. He cruised. But he really is looking for the winner, he said, of Charlo Rosario. So uh it'd be interesting to see Arizlande Laura get another big fight. He's He's a little up there right now, and I don't think, you know, like right now I would probably lean towards these guys, you know, some of these guys to beat him. But at any given day and moment, he can box his mm-hmm. socks off of just about anybody in the division. He's the best boxer still, for my money, pure boxer in the division. It's just that he just, you know, being a little older, it's just a little harder for him to do it and keep these guys off of him for 12 rounds without, without you know, being outworked more than anything. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. See? I think I think um it, and going back to even Ferguson when you're dealing with Ferguson and Laura it is hard for guys lighter weight guys to to 
to really be effective after 40 to a certain extent. So when you're going around 40 you're in those upper 30s and stuff, I mean, that's that's kind of you're getting toward the end of their career to a certain extent. And like even like really when you're dealing with professional athletes outside of golf, I mean, 40, I mean, you have maybe quarterbacks, <laughs> heavyweights. I mean, really, you know, pitchers. You don't have a whole bunch of like when you're forty. That's your physical prime is is basically is, is leaving you. So to be competing you know what? against even guys, in golf, Z, AZ, and yeah. even in golf, <laughs> they have a, a a statistic that talks about how it's harder to win a major after forty. That's why when Tiger hit forty, they were like, "Oh, we don't think he's going to catch Jack Nicholson." So even in golf, they yeah. they expect the decline after forty. Exactly. So when, I mean, I get it. Exactly. So I mean, as much as I enjoy, you know, the, the you know seeing Tony fight and and Laura fight, just guys with skill and toughness, you just, I mean, it just can't last forever. And their performances, I mean, like Laura has to change his style. He has to change his style. Yeah. And yep. so I mean, that's it's as simple as that. Um, because he can't use his feet. His feet aren't, his knees aren't reacting the way, you know, his, even maybe that hair reflexes that he used to have, maybe slightly dulling. So now he has to get in, you know, better positions for himself. It, but that's, I mean, that's just the nature of the beast that, you know, as much as I enjoy seeing Laura, and I agree with Ty, he, he's he's tremendous, tremendous boxer. Um, it just can't last forever. It can't, and it's going to be, when you're dealing with fighting, one day, it, 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 we, we learn, you know, well, you know, these guys learn the hard way. They learn the hard way. You can tell them anything, but the, as long as they, you know, they are doing good, especially in their eyes, they're going to keep going. And it's going to take something, you know, the guy's going to maybe get beat up. He's bad. He's going to, but it's going to take maybe that night or maybe that, that time in training to where he's going to say, I just don't have it anymore. And, and not only has Laura never been beaten up, but even in his losses, there's a case where you could have given him the decision. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. this is a guy who, who probably mentally to a certain extent walks around feeling he's undefeated, you know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's going to have to be made to quit as as most fighters are. Not everyone is George St. Pierre. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Hey. <laughs> uh, Rob, uh, Dana White started his uh... – his weekly fights now uh, on I think it's Thursday night. Um, can can you uh, explain that to our our, our listeners? Uh, money or Jesse? <laughs> <laughs> that's, okay. that's pretty much it. I mean, he's throwing a bunch of them out there right now. I mean, they they had the you know we had the Saturday night uh, um, through ESPN and and uh, all that kind of stuff, and then the other UFC. So he's got UFC Fight Night. He's doing UFC Vegas. He's doing UFC Fight Island. So he's got all. He's just branching out. And the only thing I don't like about that is it's, it's becoming a monopoly. Um, you know, I want to see more Bellator. You know, it's kind of because we're going to miss out on the boxing money because you know boxing. We've talked about that over and over at length. They've, they've got different organizations getting different sponsorships. And right now, I mean, all the top brass at UFC are making the coin, not the fighters, because they're they're monopolizing the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Z, let me ask you. Uh, seems to be a lot of a lot of uh, publicity. Um, not really favoring Ryan Garcia's fight with Luke Campbell. 
thinking that uh, he may have taken on more than he can uh, than he can handle. What's your thought? That that he may have taken on more than he can handle. I mean, Luke Campbell isn't a joke. I mean, just to be honest, Luke, Luke, I mean, I'm not saying Ryan may not win or anything, but I mean, if Ryan if Ryan Garcia is the truth, this is the fight we're going to find out because Luke Campbell is a truth machine. Simple and plain, he he is. I mean, he, he's, I don't I can't say he's the greatest in the division, but he has the goods. He has the goods. I thought that he had a draw against Lomachenko. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's how good I think he is. Uh-huh. So, like I said, if Ryan Garcia, if, if, if he's the truth, this will tell. If he's not, this will tell. Yeah. Ty? I agree with, with Zito about 50%. If, if he's the truth, this will tell. He could not be the truth yet uh ryan garcia is an supremely talented young fighter um but he's only 21 and you know i look at erickson lubin who was 20 21 when he got a shot at jamal jamal charlo and he he got iced in one round doesn't mean he's not going to come back as he's been coming back he's about to fight terrell gosha now for uh an eliminator i believe so, you know, he's coming again for another title shot. You know, very likely could get one and eventually rule the division. But it was just too much too soon. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if, if, if it will determine if Ryan Garcia is the truth. It could determine if he's the truth now. Um, if he beats Luke, I mean, Luke Campbell, then he is definitely, you know, one of the top four or five guys in the division at 21 years of age. Uh, if he does not, it doesn't mean he won't come and rule the division at a later date. Um, with that being said, there's a, you know, Stephen Breadman Edwards, who's the trainer of, of uh, J-Rock, Julian Williams. He does a mailbag for a boxing scene. And one thing he always says is that, you know, if you don't find a lot of guys like, you know, like the established guys, fighting these really young, hungry guns like the Ryan Garcia's. You typically don't see that. And part of the reason why is, number one, there's not a lot to gain for them. But number two is, it's just like when you go to play basketball or do anything with a young guy who's really hungry. They just got more energy, and you just don't feel like all that hassle. Whether you can beat them or not, you just don't feel like all that hassle. And the fact of the matter is, this is a dangerous fight for both men. And it's actually more dangerous for Luke Campbell. Because if Luke Campbell loses, this signals the end to a certain extent. Not the end of his career, but the end of of him being, you know, a, a guy who's chasing titles and it puts him in a position where he you know, he could be a you know, a named gatekeeper. Uh Ryan Garcia, again, if he loses and it's not mm-hmm. devastating, he could come back again. He could come back again. But it's a very interesting fight. And he may have bitten off more than he can chew, but like Zito said, uh, we won't know until they start throwing hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, Bob, another one that, that uh, was a, a tough fight was uh, 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 Marlon uh, Vera um, and Sean O'Malley. Um, is it true that O'Malley broke his ankle in the uh, in the first round? Yeah, first round. I mean, O'Malley O'Malley looks way better than that on a normal. Um, 
I, was it his ankle or his hand? But I know he busted something. I, I don't remember exactly. Yeah, well, actually, what happened ankle. was he said he he, he said that uh, Vera had, had you know kicked him, and Bob, you you've done Muay Thai. Um, yeah, we've trained Muay Thai, but he kicked him in in that, and I don't know what the bone is called, but that little nerve in the foot where he got a dead foot. Right, and right. you you know it's not something that happens often, but if it happens, you, your foot just literally goes limp for a little bit. And yeah, upon the foot like we, going limp, he, yeah. yeah, he he proceeded that that the once the foot went limp, he proceeded to to twist the ankle, trying to put weight uh, on it, and and that that's you. why he kept falling. Um, no no uh no ligament damage, um, but mm. that that's what happened. He said he still considers himself undefeated in his mind. Um, yeah, cause because when you're throwing that again, leg kick, you're looking for that IT band, which is uh, up on the quad, yep. and that'll shut. The, that'll yep. give you dead leg. Um, you know, because you got your your tib and your fib is both below your knee, and then you, you mm. smack the peroneal, and that's why you gotta you gotta turn that leg out, uh, audience. Yes, band, sir. Turn that leg out when you're checking. You're going bone to bone. You're going shin to shin. Best shin wins. Mm-hmm. But if they catch those muscles, they're gonna they're gonna shut that stuff off. It's just like getting shocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm having a hard time concentrating right now. This this uh. Uh, Vivian Aurora is just is just one three and just jab hook taking off uh, Montana De La Rosa's nose. I mean, I mean, I give her the best credit <laughs> in the world. Taking off I her mean, nose. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, she's got like she's got a nose like mine. It's a Roman nose. It's kind of roaming all over her face right now. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, man, these girls are just studs. You know what I mean? It's just amazing. But anyway, yeah. So. When he shut that leg off, because O'Malley's a bomber, man. O'Malley's in there for the fight, and he just kept rolling back and stuff, and that leg just wasn't working for him at all. Mm. Hey, well, uh, last week we had uh, Israel uh, uh, Adesaya uh, and uh, Paulo uh, Costa. Uh, did you happen to catch that fight? No, that I, actually I didn't. didn't happen. That yeah, that actually happened. Yeah, that's coming I believe up. September yeah, maybe September twenty sixth. I think it is. So that's yeah. coming up, and that that's a huge fight. <laughs> um, Big Not since yeah, not since I think it was Rashad Evans against maybe Machida that they've had two undefeated fighters vying for a UFC title. So uh, undisputed title. So this is a very 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 interesting fight in a dynamic. Dynamic style clash, especially if you like standing and banging. Mm-hmm. Two guys, two guys who, who who are going to strike. Two strikers. This is the strikers' delight kind of style clash. And these are two guys who'll get you out of there. I mean, you don't want. I mean, Israel. He looks. He's tall, lanky. He, he works awkward, but he'll get you out of there. And we all you know you don't Israel's want to touch him. Israel's nineteen and zero with fourteen with fourteen KOs, and Costa's like maybe fourteen and zero with eleven KOs. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. These, yeah. So, I mean, this is this is kind of a fight where you say, you know, maybe first one touches wins. <laughs> the first one. I mean, sometimes that's how it is with you get guys like this. Phenomenal. Well, the matchup. one thing about yeah. Costa, Costa's yeah. proven to be quite durable. That's the one thing oh, about tough. Paulo Costa. Yeah, he he will walk forward. And, 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 I mean, and bomb, he'll walk through what you, what you throw at him and bomb you out. And Israel said what makes Paulo so dangerous is that he's so stupid. He just walks forward, he punches <laughs> and tries to bomb you out. He said so his strategy is to punch him in the face as much as he can, as much as possible, with a kick here and there until he falls down. 
It was a very, Good very interesting fight. Yeah. Let me ask you, uh, there's, there's another controversy out there that uh, seems to have raised its head. Um, WBC has uh, decided they were going to create a new heavyweight uh, division, um, 250, 200 to 250. Um, given that, uh, that, that uh, parameters, um, how do you think that's going to work, Ty? Well, you know, I, I, I didn't hear that. That's, that's, this is news to me. Um, but it's something that has been bandied about for quite some time. Um, and I don't think it would be taken seriously. So, like, I think even if they do experiment with it or, or try it out, I think it's something that will, uh, you know, eventually fall by the wayside. Um, part of the reason being is, is just right now, if you were to try to institute something like that, um, <laughs> Well, you, you got a guy like Deontay Wilder. Well, exactly. You know, he, weighs, you know, he can weigh 210. So, like, the funny thing is, is uh, you know, I remember a few years ago, I read an article where they said, you know, instead of doing a weight thing, specifically because here's part, here's part of the issue, too. Heavyweights don't have to cut weight. They can come in whatever weight they feel like it, right? So, you could Brock say we'll, we'll do a yeah, – yeah, exactly. That's a great one. You could say we'll do yeah. a weight category, right? But you'll still have these guys now who are six three but but two hundred and fifty pounds, right? So you know, they were they were as they were talking about this a few years ago, somebody said, you know, actually if they want to do anything, they should do a height category. Because that really is <laughs> separating the you know, the giants from you know, from the golden era forties heavyweights that these guys it's not that so much that these guys weigh so much is that these guys are six nine. Um but what happens is is the heavyweight division is always going to be the glamour division in boxing because that again the heavyweight is the guy who can beat everybody else. That's just that's just the way it is. At UFC you get pound for pound because the heavyweight can beat everybody else. Like right now, Stipe is the baddest man on the planet. Tyson Fury is the baddest man in boxing. Simple as that. Simple as that. So people are always going to chase the money, which is why the cruiserweight division. As entertaining as it been has been, has never mm-hmm. really quite taken off because what happens when a cruiserweight becomes great? Evander Holyfield, David Hay, Alexander Usyk. What do they do? They move up to the big boys to chase the money, which is why this tweener division really won't work. I, I think, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But that frustrates yeah, me because the, as a fighter, okay, go ahead, Z. Or I mean, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, no, okay, go go ahead, Bob. Well, I was going to say that's what frustrates me because, you know, I, 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 you know, I rocked, uh, I mean, back in the day, you know, there's no weight divisions, UFC, and then they broke it up into the three, um, you know, and there was just 200 and up. Later, they did the 205 division. Um, I hated cutting weight, so I'd always go to heavyweight because I can hit heavyweight style, but I was quicker than most of the big guys unless they got a hold of me, you know what I mean? But I don't, I, as a fighter, and most, most true fighters would rather watch the lighter fighters fight. You know what I mean? Because they're more technical. There's more strikes mm-hmm. per round. Um, I'm just getting done watching a 125-pound female make the other girl's face look like hamburger. You know what I mean? It's just, it just. I mean, so many strikes uh, off a, you know, a one-three, and and um, it, it's just, it's more exciting to see all those strikes, that action-packed stuff. Having said that, the money's behind the knockout. You know, these yep. these people, you, you, and that's yeah. what it is. The heavyweights are just knocking each other out. 
um, with one or two. I mean, they're throwing half the punches, not even half, a quarter of the punches. Um, but they land one or two good ones, and they just go down. And they've got that strength, you know. But the, the, the technique comes down to the lighter fighters, and that's what frustrates me, that, that the money, you know, we could go men versus women. We could go uh, heavyweight versus, you know, flyweight. But, you know, I mean, everyone should just be getting paid. They're doing something that's, you know, oh, my gosh, you know. I mean, that girl ain't going to look the same tomorrow, you know. Everyone deserves to get paid. Sure. You know what? I think because of what Bob says, that's, that's to me, what makes John Jones move to heavyweight so interesting. He, you know, at light heavyweight, he was never a guy who was known for his dramatic stopping power. He wasn't, you know, he's not a KO artist. But he's a guy who strategically can game plan like a madman. His fight IQ is an A. He got by a lot with his range, but he he has such a diversification of attacks, and he's so well-rounded. And he brings a pace that heavyweights aren't going to be used to. I think it's going to be very, very interesting. He's proven he can take a shot. Can he take – multiple shots from a, a Stipe Biotic who could push a pace? Can he take one Ooh. shot from a Francis Nagano who could punch somebody to the moon quite literally? be very interesting. Looking very forward to this journey. Right. But then if we go down to the height thing, you've got those, who's that? What, Bigfoot? You've got those, and that Dutch guy, they're like seven foot thing there. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, they'd be in a class all their own because they're just, they don't make people that big. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like the hype thing. And Andy Ruiz. Yep. Daniel Cormier. You got people who beating seven foot guys up going there. So, I mean, to to have a hype, that, that's a little crazy to me. Which is why you can't have a weight because then you got Deontay Wilder. (laughs) Exactly, which leads me to to that point. How's Deontay Wilder going to fight Tyson Fury? You're gonna you can't. Tyson Fury is not going to come under two fifty. That's not going to happen. How's Deontay Wilder going to fight Lewis Ortiz? (laughs) (laughs) You said look. You said Tyson Fury is not going to come under two fifty. Then you know that Deontay Wilder damn sure can't fight Andy Ruiz. So, so I mean that that messes the height and and the weight up. So, right. I mean, it's just yeah, it, it, yeah, both ways. So it's just when you talk about that, you had even back in the day talking boxing, and, and you had guys like maybe at heavyweight, listed at heavyweight. Um, Joe Lewis didn't come in really like past two hundred five. If that, and at times he came in 190s, in, in the 190s, at heavyweight. And he was fighting like Primo Carnera, who, who was what, like 6'7 and 250s, two, two something himself? Yeah. So I mean, that's nothing new in boxing. The big man against the little guy. You know, weight-wise, that's nothing new. Evander Holyfield was not the biggest heavyweight, fighting Riddick Bell, who was a who giant did, of uh, a heavyweight. Zito, who did Jack Dempsey? I wish Dr. Chris was on here, but Zito, you could answer it. I Jess can't Willard. remember who Jess Willard murdered Jess, Willard. Jess Willard's giant Jess Willard. uh, ass. Murdered him. Murdered him. Jess Willard. Yeah, Jack Dempsey. I mean, he at heavyweight he was six one at the time, who which was not a small guy. Period. Um, and hey, Jess you know Willard what? I'll was take it a, a step further. I'll take it a step further. Hey, Zita, one of my all time favorite MMA fights. 
was a guy who was a former light heavyweight champion beating a giant. Randy Couture against Tim Silver. Remember that fight? Oh, oh my goodness. And that was that. And, and Randy did it with, with stand-up. He did it with stand-up. Oh that God. was some of the most beautiful we, boxing I've seen. When oh. I say boxing, he, he's an MMA guy, but he, he literally... We were laughing watching the fight. We were so tickled. It was just an amazing <laughs> performance of a guy toppling a giant. Then to see Noguera fight Tim Silva again, same size as Randy, basically, <laughs> And he's getting, you know, pummeled, and he submits them. So, nah, it's just, it's, it, again, yeah. if there were he money in it, him. the cruiserweight division would be a glamour division instead of the heavyweight oh. division. But that's just not the way it yeah. is. Yeah. Well, everyone loves that David Goliath matchup. You know what I mean? Especially when yeah. those smaller guys. It's like one of my uh, old training partners and a buddy of mine, uh, uh, Bob Sapp. I mean, huge man. Oh, yeah. oh one goodness, time. yeah. But, at one time yeah. told, you know, for bringing the economy back to the Japanese fighting market. You know, oh, yeah. he doesn't have a real good winning record. It's just everyone loves to see people go after him. You know, he, yeah. he did a, an arm wrestling thing recently and, you know, tore everyone's arm off dang near. But, you know what I mean? He, <laughs> he, 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 he's, he's just a big man. He's Yeah, it's amazing. And what a great guy. I mean, huge heart, that guy. He's, that, that's his problem with the fight game. I mean, I, I know behind the scenes. He's got too big a heart. He cares about people. He don't want to hurt anybody. You, you know? Yeah. He's just a large, large man. His fights with Mirko Krokop and, and uh, Ernesto Hu. Ernesto Hu. Oh, they are so Ooh. fun to watch sometimes. I love the, Ernesto, uh, but wow. Two, eight, two weeks ago, we had uh, Ben Benitez. Uh, David Benvenius uh, uh, versus Alex Angulo, and he took uh, Angulo out in the 10th. What what, what did you thought on that one, though, Ty? Well, you know, Roma Angulo, is, he's a tough Colombian fighter. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, he's with a lot of knockouts. But Zito went, ah, uh, because the moment I say a tough Colombian fighter with a lot of knockouts, well, that means he's a guy who, is pretty limited typically, mm-hmm. and when you're fighting a guy like like uh F- F- who who I believe you know really is the best one-two-skater in the world, honestly. He didn't make weight, so he lost his title. But I think if that yeah. guy is on, he beats everybody else at that weight, uh, including Caleb Plant, who I like a lot. I think if Benavidez is on in discipline, which is his problem. He uh, lost the title the first time because of cocaine, and he lost the second time for not making weight. So, you know, his problem is discipline. But this is a kid who's still, I think he's, he's maybe just now 23, 20, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's been fighting professionally since he's like 18 or 19. Um, and, I, you know, this kid is still not even at his peak yet. He hasn't even reached his athletic prime yet. Um problem is is he hasn't reached his maturation prime either um once his mind catches up to his body i don't think anybody in 168 beats this kid and i'm gonna say if that's if, if that's better his mind yeah, catches you're right, up to you're his right. Body. Be- because you're right. um he has the potential to be the best i don't think he's the best right now just because of what you said I think he that and that limits himself. And being as though he's not coming in as, uh, on on weight, 
I mean, that, that limits him. He's losing his title. So that alone lets me know right there that you might not even fight a Caleb Plant. You might not make yeah. the scales. Well, so, I mean, you know what? So right, right now, that, Zito, because right now Caleb Plant said he needs to get a title. It was supposed to be unification. Well, there it is. <laughs> Good point, Zito. I mean, yeah, so, I mean, you know, th- this guy, he's doing the right thing. I mean, you still have some 168ers out there. Canelo's peeking his head in the division. Um, so, you know, that's right. the Cal- money guy yeah. is peeking. Yeah, the money guy is peeking his head in your division. So, right now, you, that's when you want to be doing what you need to do. Uh, I so, yeah. right now, I mean, like, Benavidez, he's, he's, he's really, really talented. At times, he fights a little lazy. I think that oh, you know, that, that discipline, <laughs> that discipline. So I mean, he's, yeah. as you say, he's still young, but he's coming twenty three, twenty four. Which at around this weight, that's the time that he's going to have to start showing something. That's yeah. the time he's going to have to start showing Especially something. Especially if he's going to continue he, to make this weight, to even make this weight. You know what I mean? You're right, Zio. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I, to be honest, I mean he's he's tall, but. I think 175 is a stretch for him, especially with the monsters they have up there right now. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't need to be up there. So I think right now he really needs to concentrate on this 168 mm-hmm. and, and, you know, get ready to fight a guy like Caleb Plant who's not hitting hard as a guy at 175 like Bivol. You have to take yeah. things into account with your career. And I think right now, I mean, he's not doing that. So we'll see. I hope he does, but we'll see. And, and you know what, the Benavidez brothers, actually, because, you know, his older oh, brother, uh, who's literally fighting on one leg because he got shot in his leg. Yeah. Part of their whole rap is that they're very talented, you know, with, with Jose Benavidez being uh, the, the younger, the, the younger, uh, you know, slightly more talented brother. But their whole yeah. rap is that they're just not very disciplined. They're in the streets and yada, 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 yada. And, and you know, it's obviously uh, affected their performances. Um, but, you know, again, when I, you know, Benavidez is, is, is one of my favorite young fighters to watch just because he, you know, he's a guy. I saw that he grinded Andre, uh, grinded Durrell out, Anthony Durrell out. And that's, yeah. you just don't do that. You know what I mean? No. I mean Durrell you don't out Anthony the, Durrell. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Durrell is not the best 168er. But he's maybe the one sixty eight with some of the most vicious dog in him. He just he, he grinds you out. You know, you don't grind Anthony Durrell out. And he did that pretty easily. Um and it's just like, you know, the sky's the limit with this kid if he could keep his, his feet on the ground and that's a you know, it's a tremendous problem. And you know, it's kinda like Adrian Broner, like Zito was saying in a sense, that it gets to a point where you don't say, you know what, this kid wasted, you know, his talent. You just recognize, oh, that's just him. Lack of discipline is part of who he is. So this is his as as good as he can be. Adrian Broner wasn't supposed to be any better than what he was, in spite of what everyone thinks, because he never had the discipline to be any better. Could be the same thing with with Benavidez. So Zito, you're you're, you're quite right about that. Mm-hmm. Good. The. Uh, uh, what about uh, we got uh, the end of the, uh, last month? We also had uh, Arthur Fedovic, uh against uh, Adam Diane. Is it That's that's coming up uh, on the, the uh, I'm sorry October nineteenth ninth. 
Who's that? I'm sorry. Who's who's? Benavidez. The Baturbiev. Benavidez. Oh, oh yeah. He was supposed to fight. Um, uh, I forget the. He was supposed to fight a guy from China. China, and yeah. for whatever reason, fighting someone else, and I forget why. But yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him again. Yeah, he's a great fighter. <laughs> he's actually just sure. coming back. You know, because so much of his career was spent in litigation. How about uh, we've got also have uh, Alexander Usyk uh, versus Dirk Chisora coming up on the thirty uh, first. Really, really, mm-hmm. really, 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 really looking forward to that fight. That has been postponed like thirty nine times. Really looking forward to it. That, that and that fight it is a matter of um, Chisora better hope he's not past it. Usa is going to show, um, and Usa better hope Chisora is past it. Usa better hope Chisora is past it, because if Chisora is not past it and is able to apply Chisora-like pressure, um, I mean, and it's, it's going. I mean, I don't know how Usa is going to keep him off of it. Because one thing is this: Chisora, I mean, unless you, I mean, David Hay got him, I think in five, and that, I don't think that was even the best, you know version of Chisora. Lately, Chisora's been um, coming in better, coming in looking more dedicated. He's been giving more credible rounds. Um, mm-hmm. But he's not going to give you 12 whole rounds. That's just not Chisora's shape. That's just, I mean, he's going to try, but that's not who he is. And if he's past it, he's not going to last 12 with Usyk. Because one thing is, mm-hmm. is Usyk is confident enough to where he knows he can lay gloves on you, He's going to start laying gloves on you, and it's going to start getting harder. Usyk, he, he's not. He, he gets harder as he sees. You know, he, he's a very, very technically, very fundamental technical offensive fighter. Uh, to where he went, he he start touching. You know, oh, with sure. speed. You know, just touching. And when he, you know, finds his rhythm of touching you, he'll increase the power on it. So now you're all of a sudden getting hit hard, Tony Ballou. You're, 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 all of a sudden you're finding, you're finding that this guy yeah, is, yeah, that. he's actually he's amping the rate up because he's finding his mark on you. Um, Tesoro doesn't need that. I mean, Usyk, he's not a heavyweight, but the guy, I mean, he's 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 moving up in weight, and he's a human man, you know, who knows how to throw a punch, which you know that you don't want that, you know, in your face. Other end though, Tesoro is a big heavyweight. I mean, he's not a tallest heavyweight. But he's a big guy. Uh, he's going to come in over 250 himself. Uh, and that's that's real big. I mean, Usyk's never fought a guy that good that big. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that's things differ up when you're finding a guy good and big. And you know what? And Zito made a point about Chisora being past it. You got to hope Usyk's not past it either. He hasn't fought since the Chaz Witherspoon fight. That had only been – so he's – Literally only going to have, like, you know, when he fights Chisora, that would be a second fight in, like, two and a half years. Um, and part of the reason why uh, is because he's, he's been, you know, having these little injuries. And that tends to happen when we get a little older. We don't recover as fast as we used to. And with that being said, you know, we talk about Chisora's age because he is the older man. But at the same time, Usyk himself is 33 going on 34. So athletically, he's actually – you know, at the tail end of his athletic prime, and when your body starts to betray you in training, it usually leads to more significant issues in your performance. So, 
it, it, this fight's going to answer, uh, you know, a lot of questions. Um, very interesting fight. Like Z- Zito broke it down perfectly. Exactly what he said is exactly how it's. The I guess our final one for tonight would be uh, Alfredo Angulo versus uh, Caleb Truix. Uh, coming up so next month. He was supposed to fight Caleb Truax. That, this this happened last week. He was supposed to fight Zito Truax. Pulled out, maybe with Corona. He pulled out with something, ah. and and so he pulled out literally, like maybe ten days, seven to ten days before the meet. And so someone else stepped in. I don't know who that was, but they went ahead and beat Angulo by a ten round decision. So. And this is Alfredo Angulo, not Roma Alfredo yeah. Angulo, who Benavidez fight. This is the dog, Alberto. So, but you know, yeah. he's been shop worn for quite some time. And he's moved up. Uh, he's moved up uh, really two divisions. I mean, he was fighting yeah, at one fifty four. Yeah, he's at one fifty eight. So he's moved up two divisions. Um, and I mean, that's that. <laughs> I mean, Caleb Truax is. Known for ending Chunky's reign, um, the gal James the gal, um, and Caleb Truex has been around for a while. He's, he's been around for maybe more of as a journeyman before uh, his his encounters with the gal, but I mean he, he's a guy that I don't pick Angulo to beat, regardless. Oh no, <laughs> just, you, you, he moved up. You moved up two weight divisions. I was impressed with Angulo. I was impressed, but I wasn't surprised when he uh, beat uh, Quillen. I just thought Quillen was just out out of out of the game too long. I, mean, I just thought he which he is just the only reason why Angulo is still around at 168 because of his win over Peter Quillen. Exactly. So and, and so I mean that, as I said, he that impressed me, and he and he looked good boxing against Quillen. Caleb Truax is natural at that weight, and he's proven at that weight. Um, if it wasn't Caleb Truax, he's just less past a lot less past it. Uh, Not only a lot less past it. I mean, he's he's I'm gonna say like he he can get a title shot. Like he's capable of getting a title shot. He's he's you know I mean he's earned some stripes, and he's a guy that to be honest. That they'll look for yet. You know what, Caleb Torres is sort of a name, and we we need to fight. We will, we'll, you know, one of the titleists will go ahead and fight him. That's, I mean, he's that kind of guy. But Angulo, I mean, he uh, he, he wasn't he wasn't. Uh, it's, it's that you moved up two weight divisions, and the two weight divisions ago, you weren't doing that well. I mean, to the tail end of what you were doing, you weren't looking that good. So uh, I just I think he's. I, I think he's done. I think Angulo's when done, and it's going Canelo, to be a very punishing fight for you. When he fought, when he fought Canelo like four or five years ago, he was past it. That was like looked, yeah, he looked crazy. And that was uh, and and the best he looked to me was I mean before then was the Erislande Laura fight. Mm-hmm. And that was six or seven years ago. <laughs> exactly, and he lost that fight. <laughs> Well, guys, we're right up against our uh, our time. Bob, I want to thank you again for uh, for all your uh, your help. Uh, Z and, and and Ty, you you absolutely make the program for everybody, uh, make it enjoyable, and, and the way you're able to break things down for uh, the, even the uh, the youngest of uh, fight enthusiasts uh, really uh, helps out here and, and keeps our ratings up. Um, 
Right now we're at uh, 265,263, which is amazing. Uh, when we started out this program uh, 16 years ago, uh, we would get uh, maybe wow. uh, 30 people uh, on the radio, and uh, you got two blocks away from the station. I don't think you could hear it. So uh, <laughs> I appreciate everything you everything you've done. Uh, on a on a Stop. sad note, we've got the the Flyers down two nothing at this point uh, going into the second period. Not too so, sad for uh, New Yorkers, I'd imagine, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, Bob, will you? We look forward to talking to you again and. Uh, Again, our condolences yeah. on, the, on the loss of your family member, um, and uh, please uh, give it uh, a little lovely wife of yours a nice hug for us, and tell her thank you for yeah, her for service. Sure. Yeah, suicide's a real thing. Anybody struggling, any fans, reach out. Reach out to me. Reach out to anybody. I mean, everyone just questions, like, what they could have done better, but uh, it, it's crazy. And then a, a quick update on the UFC. Um the uh, Brian Keller just went, got a 39-second uh, uh, submission choke over Ray Rod- Rodriguez. And that's one of the reasons I kind of like UFC. I mean, you know, no one's no one's hurt but their pride, and someone goes away with a bigger paycheck. But everyone, fight fans, you guys take care, and, and Z and, and Ty, and Frank, thank you so much. Okay, have a good day. Take care, Bobby. You're in our prayers, my friend. Thanks. Ty, you want to lead us out? It's been a great show. It's always nice talking to you, Bob. Zito, uh, Miss Dr. Chris this week. Obviously, our prayers are with Bob and his family. Bob is our co-pilot. The other Bob is our co-pilot. Uh, Coach Mel is watching over us. Everyone enjoy their week. Okay, thank you. And, see? Yeah. yeah, I want to thank Bob. Condolences. I want to thank you, Butch, Ty, the rest of my Fighting Word family. And these shows are in memory of Bob and Coach Mel. And if anyone wants to hear any fighting words, please do call. Uh, we want to also we don't don't want to end the program without saying again how happy we are that uh, mother and daughter are doing very well. And Miss Milani, I know you uh, came into a wonderful family, so uh, enjoy the life that you're going to have because it's going to be fun. Um, couldn't meet better people. Um, ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces and men with the police and fire services, and the men and women on the front line of the COVID, uh, the doctors, the nurses, and the auxiliary people. Uh, please, when you're out there and you see somebody in uniform or you see somebody performing a service uh, for your fellow man, please acknowledge it. Uh, sometimes there's a lot of things being done behind the scenes that nobody knows that help out uh, tremendously. Um, these programs are dedicated to those who have lost their lives in the line of duty, Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Colecap, Sergeant Thomas Bager, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazwitz, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Henler, Lieutenant Mike Zerber, Newcastle County Police, Patrolman and Officer Chris from Lakeland PD, uh, Chief Al Hu, along with Key Police Department, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department, along Chief Highway Patrolman Alonzo Moses, Philadelphia Highway Patrol, Highway Patrolman Brian Lazaro, Philadelphia Highway Patrol, Highway Patrolman Brian Murphy, Plymouth Township, PA Highway Patrol, Lieutenant Bob Neary, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant Mike Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Office, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department, Deputy Jonathan Scott Pine, Orange County Sheriff's Department, Deputy <coughs> I'm sorry, Patrolman um, Robert Jermaine, Winnemere Florida Police Department, Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol, Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Highway, Philadelphia Fire Department, 
Patrolman Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department, Hillsborough County Deputy Sheriff Charlie Cotlop, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department, uh, Delaware State Trooper Sergeant uh, Roddy Bond, Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Jerry, Jerry Ficus, Lieutenant um, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Ardeth Hope, Wilmington Fire Department. FDLE Special Inspector Billy Galaccio, Delaware State Troopers Sergeant uh, Corporal Season Ballard. Kissimmee Police Officer Sam Baxter. Kissimmee Sergeant Matt, Bat, um, Matt I'm sorry, Sam Howard. Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department. Lieutenant um, Deputy. Bill Gentry, Island County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Clay Zerba, Clay County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Natalie Corona, LA County Sheriff's Department. Deputy April Rodriguez, Pasco County Deputy Sheriff. Um, Officer Bob McKetchen, Plexi, Kentucky Police Department. And Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol. My brothers and sisters, although you may be 10-7 at this point, sometime we'll be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the Lord, may the May the roads rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields and the sun shine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your families always in the hallow of his hands. Good night. God bless and have a great week. <laughs>
County Dispatch to 